Welcome to Eye on the Triangle with Sesha Hindi, a weekly glimpse into our community, bringing you news from the brickyard to your backyard. My name is John Boyer. I'm the new public affairs director here at WKNC. But we're going to start the program off as we always do with news, and then we'll talk a little bit more about what you can expect from Eye on the Triangle. This week in news on Eye on the Triangle. A brief rundown of the latest news. In local news, you guessed it, more on the Wake County public school system. The News and Observer reported today that a group from Advance Ed will, meet, will soon meet with school board officials in Raleigh. Advance Ed is the parent organization of the Southern Association of Colleges and Schools and is responsible for accrediting high schools in Wake County. The specially formed inquiry group was spurned by a complaint filed by the state NAACP branch back in March. The complaint expressed the notion that the, that the proposed policy would lead to desegregation. Advance Ed has asked for numerous documents from the board. Among them are a list of all policies as- adopted since December 1st, studies and research cited in the debusing proposal, several legal documents and contracts with conservative think tanks and attorneys, as well as details on the foregone construction of Forest Ridge High School in Northeast Raleigh. And in higher education, the AP reports that the North Carolina Court of Appeals ruled today that the state attorney general's office was wrong in commissioning police officers for Davidson College. The case was said to be in similar order as earlier cases dealing with Pfeiffer and Campbell Universities. The five-member court said today that the act of commissioning officers at faith-based colleges and universities creates, quote, excessive government entanglement with religion, end quote. In North Carolina, there is no automatic appeal to the state Supreme Court, so it remains to be seen whether the decision will be pressed further. And in national justice news, the AP reports that earlier today, a Chicago jury reached a unanimous verdict on only one of the 24 counts that faced former Illinois Governor Rod Blagojevich, who'd pled not guilty to trying to sell or trade Barack Obama's vacated, vacated Senate seat, as well as misusing the governor's office for personal financial gain. Blagojevich was found guilty for lying to federal agents, and an offense that carries a potential five-year prison term. The jury, which deliberated for two weeks, asked for advice on filling out their verdict forms and also asked for a copy of their oath taken prior to, deli- prior to deliberation. The U.S. attorneys who tried the case released a statement immediately after the decision expressing their intent to try the case again. In international politics, The Guardian reports that the Haitian Electoral Council is set to release a list of eligible candidates for Haiti's presidency today. If deemed eligible, former rapper, rapper excuse me, and former Fuji's frontman, Wyclef Jean, will likely be the race favorite. Jean was born in Haiti, but has lived in the United States since age nine and made only sporadic visits to the Latin American state throughout his life. Along with several dozen other presidential hopefuls, the 40-year-old Jean registered as a, as a candidate two weeks ago amidst much hype and controversy. Detractors from Jean's campaign cite the constitutional requirement for both, quote, habitual residence in Haiti and a consecutive five years residency prior to election. Haiti remains reeling and in dire need of an effective leader after a January 12th earthquake claimed countless lives and took the homes of countless others. Several public figures have criticized the star's presidential ambitions, among them Oscar-winning actor Sean Penn, who was quoted in the Telegram as saying that Jean's earlier visit to the impoverished and grief-ridden state was a, quote, very obscene demonstration as he was accompanied by a vulgar entourage of vehicles, end quote. And thank you, Tommy. That's our general manager. Tommy Anderson, who's taking care of news for us tonight. And we also like to close with an unusual story here there and uh, something that caught my eye today. And unfortunately, or fortunately, rather, it has a happy ending. WRAL reports that bees swarmed a Wake County Sheriff's deputy this morning. It all took place on U.S. 64 east of Raleigh near Smithfield Road. The deputy was responding to a broken down tractor trailer that was hauling bees to Rocky Mount. The bees began to fly and swarm. Once the sun rose, they woke up. So the deputy had to flee to his patrol car which the bees quickly coated, and he was trapped. 
uh, police actually called in a research technician from our agricultural department here at NCSU, Jennifer Keller, to charm the bees into boxes. Not all the bees made it, but uh, at least the deputy is okay. Hmm. And uh, Wolfpack Welcome Week is going on right now. It's our first week back here at campus. It's always a busy time. So there are a lot of events coming up, and you may want to take part in some of them. So let's start with a rundown. I'm calling it calendar or date book or whatever you want to call it. It's a new segment, essentially. Uh, well, you still have an hour left this evening to check out the food and activities at the Welcome Back Pack Party. It's going on at Fountain Dining Hall on West Campus, sponsored by University Dining and Coke Zero. Tomorrow, of course, is the first day of classes for the fall semester. And if you're in need of a stress buster, Campus Cinema on the first floor of Witherspoon is kicking off the fall schedule with date night at 7 o'clock and kick-ass at 9.30. You can also kick back with the Intra-Fraternity Council and Inter-Residence Council for some free food, music, and fun tomorrow at 5 out on Tucker Beach. Students are also invited to the Student Government Open House tomorrow night between 8 and 10 p.m. on the third floor of Witherspoon. Learn how to take part in student government or meet and greet your campus leaders or grill them on a controversial issue. But if you can't make that, you can show up at the same place and time on Thursday as well. Also on Thursday, the GLBT Community Alliance is hosting a welcome back social at 7 in the Tally Student Center. Excuse me, where folks can find out more about how to get involved there. The UAB Black Students Board will also be out on Harris Field in front of Witherspoon from 4 to 7 tomorrow with their back-to-school jam. You guessed it, food activities and info on how to participate. Friday will be a huge day here on campus. It's Service NC State. Starting at 10 and lasting through 3.30, check out the 500-pint blood drive in the Tally Ballroom. The goal, of course, is to collect 500 pints for the Red Cross. That will require 650 donors. If you are eligible to give, visit ncsu.givesblood.org to schedule an appointment. And starting at 3, volunteers will help package 400,000 meals for people in Haiti in collaboration with Stop Hunger Now. Volunteers are also needed to unload food and equipment at 3 o'clock on Friday on the second floor basketball courts. To quote the website, just show up, we'll put you to work. The packaging event is scheduled to last through 6 p.m. on Saturday. Both the blood drive and the food packaging event are sponsored by the Center for Student Leadership, Ethics, and Public Service. And we can't forget about Friday Fest. It's a big annual event taking place on Lee Field from 5 to 10.30. This year's featured musical guest is Lifehouse. If you're a student and you'd like free tickets, stop by Ticket Central in Tally. There's also a lot of excitement out there about the silent disco taking place Saturday night at 10 in the Tally Ballroom. It's supposed to be the largest silent disco in the U.S. And if you're not familiar with the concept, DJs will compete for the audience's attention, and the audience can only hear them through special wireless headphones. You can find free tickets at many of the other Wolfpack Welcome Week events. And a week from now, next Tuesday, join NC State Transportation for Get to Know Campus by Bike. Between 5 and 6, you can take a 2.8-mile tour around campus to get acquainted with bike safety. More events are scheduled for Friday the 27th and two more dates in September. Stop by the Carmichael Rec Center to learn how to take part. And you can find out more about all of these events through the calendar on the university's website or the Student Affairs website. We've posted a link there from our Facebook page, too. That's Eye on the Triangle. Essentially, if you're a state student, you have no excuse not to eat well this week. And it's time to continue our long-standing Eye on the Triangle segment on this day in history. In 1959, Miles Davis's legendary jazz album, Kind of Blue, hit store shelves. In 1969, powerful Hurricane Camille rocked parts of the Gulf Coast, causing billions in damage and killing over 200 people. And on this day in 1998, President Clinton admitted to the American people that he had misled people about his affair with Monica Lewinsky. Some birthdays out there. Robert De Niro was born in 1943, and the previously mentioned Sean Penn is celebrating the big 5-0. And now we're joined by... 
Kathy Evans here from NCSU Weather, the meteorology program, to talk a little about the forecast. Thanks, John. Yeah, we um, I probably didn't have to tell you today. It was pretty hot. Our high temperature this afternoon reached 97 degrees at RDU Airport. Currently, though, it's 92 out there right now, partly sunny skies. Winds coming from the south about 7 miles per hour. We do have a lot of cloud cover and rain out to the west of us. Um, we expect it to die down before it comes over our area tonight, but perhaps a small chance of a shower storm overnight this evening. But our temperatures will expect to drop down to the low 70s, so not, not too bad of a night out there. Tomorrow, though, for the big day here at NC State, first day of classes, it's not looking like a great afternoon to walk to class, at least. We expect a lot of cloud cover and some showers and storms tomorrow afternoon. Mainly after lunch, expect the, the bulk of the activity. So if you do have classes, be aware of that. Make sure you have an umbrella tomorrow. Um, there's going to be a front over the area, which is going to create a lot of unsettled weather for us for the next few days and give us a lot of cloud cover and some rain for at least Wednesday and Thursday. But we expect highs on Wednesday afternoon to not barely break 90. So at least the rain is giving us a break from the heat. Um, temperatures could barely make 90 degrees, so we expect upper 80s Wednesday afternoon. And then storms will diminish Wednesday night, partly cloudy skies, and low to mid-70s as we head throughout the evening on Wednesday Thursday, though, expect a lot of cloud cover, maybe not perhaps as much rain as Wednesday afternoon, but um, it, and the cloud cover will help to hold temperatures off again, perhaps just the upper 80s again on Thursday, which will be a relief from the heat, um, but a very small chance of some rain. So, And then Friday, it looks really dry. It's going to be a great start to the weekend, lots of sunshine on Friday. However, our temperatures will rack back up. We'll expect highs in the mid-90s on Friday. Um, and then it's really looking to shape up to be a nice weekend, too. Saturday and Sunday, expect partly sunny skies both afternoons with highs in the low 90s. So a little bit of a break still from the heat. And it'd really be a great weekend to maybe go to the beach before classes really get started. I expect lots of sunshine at the beach and temperatures really in the mid to upper 80s on um, along the North Carolina coast. So it'll be good there. Um, before I do let y'all go tonight, let's talk about the tropics. It's pretty interesting. There's nothing out there right now, and we don't expect anything to form in the next 48 hours from the National Hurricane Center, that is. But it could perhaps be the calm before the storm right now. Conditions are trending a lot more favorable for development in the next couple weeks. There's been a lot of dust off the African coast that's been really deterring development, and that dust is moving north right now. So... It could be getting more and moist off the African coast for those tropical waves that come off the African coast to perhaps develop now. Also, the instability over the Atlantic Ocean and instability is really needed for hurricane development. And that's on the up on the increase right now over the Atlantic. So it's really going to um, create a lot more favorable conditions for some development over the next couple of weeks. And the models are predicting a couple named tropical storms in the next four to 10 days. So it's going to be something to look out for. The peak of hurricane season is September 10th. So we've still got a little bit less of a month to go. My meteorologist that I worked with over the summer, he always says it only takes one storm out of the entire hurricane season to make it a bad season. So even if it's going to be like Five storms named storms of the season or 20 named storms. It's only going to take one to really do damage over our area. So we need to get ready for that. But otherwise, everything's looking good. You can always follow NCSU Weather on Twitter or Facebook. We are both there. So thank you very much for having me, John. And thank you, Kathy. That, Kathy. Sorry about that. <laughs> well, no, it is important that you mentioned that hurricane season is approaching, and it seems quite right now. But we really hope we don't have to be talking about any new hurricane names in the future, but it sounds like we might scratch a few more off the list in the coming weeks. And also, thank you for mentioning uh, the NCSU Broadcast Meteorology Program. is a hardworking ragtag group of students who put out forecasts every day in Technician. Look for them here on WKNC coming soon. 
And also we hope to have a live student weathercaster in this studio here on Eye on the Triangle every week throughout the course of this semester. So thank you once again for the forecast, Kathy, although I will not consider it cooler until we have daytime highs in the 70s, appropriate <laughs> football weather, I believe. And uh, that's a good note uh, to start on when we're talking about what you can expect in the year ahead on Eye on the Triangle. As I mentioned earlier, my name is John Boyer. I'm the new public affairs director here at WKNC. I'm a senior in meteorology along with Kathy there. So I was able to keep up with the forecast, and it sounds good to me. I'd like to acknowledge my predecessor, Seja Hindi, a little bit and thank her for all of the hard work she put into establishing Eye on the Triangle as a public affairs presence here on the NC State campus. And I hope I can do right by her by continuing it at the level of quality that it was at last year. And uh, also look for the same segments that you loved last year, news, weather, sports. We're going to have sports coming up later tonight with Tyler Everett. Opinions with Evan Garris, who is unable to join us tonight, although I know he's out there listening. Our VIP segment, where we interview a newsmaker. Our Wolfpacker of the Week, where we uh, highlight an outstanding NC State student or alumnus who's doing something incredible out there in the community. Community Canvas, Hear This, and Sound Bites. We'll talk about art and music and theater and everything else going on here on campus. Stay tuned for the changes, and we also want you to be involved as a part of this program. You can find us on Twitter at WKNCEOT. It's all one word. Look for us on Facebook, Eye on the Triangle, and email publicaffairs at WKNC.org. So if you're interested in sending us a tweet this evening, I'd like to know, what did you do over the summer? Anything interesting? If it is really, really interesting or know somebody who did something really outstanding, you might want to consider nominating them for our Wolfpacker of the Week in an upcoming segment. That's publicaffairs at WKNC.org. But we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come right back. We're going to talk about local music 101 with our local music director here at the radio station. And also we're going to meet our Wolfpacker of the Week. You're listening to Eye on the Triangle on WKNC 88.1. Wolfpacker of the Week on Eye on the Triangle. A spotlight on those who go above and beyond. You're listening to Wolfpacker of the Week on Eye on the Triangle. Tonight we are speaking with a senior in environmental technology about her efforts to ensure that the Hopscotch Music Festival is a green event. Excitement is littering the air with the Independence Hopscotch Music Festival less than a month away. The premier event held September 9th through the 11th is inviting the masses to downtown Raleigh in order to appreciate over 120 bands, including Public Enemy, Broken Social Scene, Future Islands, Akron Family, Ninth Wonder, The Rosebuds, Cooley High, Harlem, and many more at 10 different venues. But with a jubilating mob comes waste. From cars idling in the streets, carelessly discarded trash, bins filled with the night's consumables anxiously awaiting their new home, stuffing landfills in somebody else's backyard, this fate is not inevitable. Stewards like our Wolfpack of the Week, Megan Kane, are diligently working to help neutralize the carbon impact that the partygoers will have. How did you first get started working with Hopscotch? I actually found out about it on Twitter, of all things. I have two environmental internships, and I've been working on green event planning, and I kind of saw that they needed an intern, and I just sent in my resume, and here I am. The term being green has become rather chic, or at least ambiguous. Could you help us understand what it means to you to be green? So green is essentially, you know, doing anything you can to help the environment, whether it's something as simple as, you know, recycling or buying a hybrid car. You know, it can be anything, really. When did being green become a priority for you? At least since high school is when I really started to focus on it. I mean, I've always recycled and done that with my family, but I've never really, you know, started taking classes or getting involved until high school. There was actually a class I took on environmental ethics, and it kind of opened my eyes to you know, global climate change and things like that and how our generation can really make a difference. 
as soon as I got to NC State, actually, I was at New Student Orientation my freshman year, and I um, hooked up with waste reduction and recycling on campus. And I've actually been an intern there for about three years now. So they've definitely helped me out and um, grow into this green recycling person I am now. What experiences have you had that you think will help prepare you to make sure that Hopscotch is a green festival? I actually planned the first Earth Day concert at NC State. So that was about three years ago. And, um, you know, that was really what started it all. I mean, I love music and I've always loved music. And just kind of putting the two together seemed like a really good fit for me. So I've just been trying to do more with that. Is there anything you've already done that makes you feel like you've had a positive impact on sustainability? Um, I would say my internships in general, both at NC State and the state government. I do a lot of education and outreach, and I kind of hope that, you know, just talking to people about recycling and letting them know why it's important has made an impact. At these educational opportunities, what kind of questions do you get asked? The biggest one is mainly, what can I recycle? There is an issue with plastics and whether or not you can recycle a certain plastic or not. Just because that little recycling arrow is on your plastic doesn't mean you can necessarily recycle it in your community. Basically, just check in with your community. Like here at NC State, we accept different things for recycling than you might accept in your hometown. The general rule of thumb with plastics is anything with a neck smaller than a base, such as a water bottle or a soda bottle. How did the coordinators at Hopscotch react when you first contacted them about making sure that the festival would be green? They seemed really excited. Um, I actually interviewed for an overall position at first as an intern, and they kind of saw my experience with the green stuff and thought it would be a great fit for me to try and green the festival a little bit. What steps are you taking to make Hopscotch green? We are actually going to have recycling and composting at the event. So we're trying to essentially make it a waste-free event. There's still going to be some things to throw away, but you'll still be able to recycle and compost. Composting is a little bit more, a little bit more difficult, I would say, for people to grasp because you can recycle bottles, cans. People know that, but with compost, it's more food and organics, and even you know, paper napkins. There are compostable cups made of cornstarch that the beer will actually be served in at hopscotch that can be recycled, but. Volunteers are a huge thing. We're going to have different stations set up, and we're going to have volunteers telling people what they can compost and what they can recycle so it's done correctly. Where will these green stations be? Will they be at the venues, or are they going to be in a more centralized location? So this is mainly for the two big city plaza shows on Friday and Saturday night because there's going to be thousands of people there, and it's just a big open space. That's where the stations are going to be set up, and we're going to have the green volunteers, but... The different bars downtown will also be recycling. What would you advocate for reducing waste associated with transportation to the festival? There are always buses and trains. Um, I know, you know, there's a train running from D.C. to Raleigh that people could take if they want to travel that far. So there's always different options. Or if you're closer, then, you know, ride your bike. Or carpool with a friend if you do have to take a car. And then once you are downtown... You can ride a bike, take the bus, things like that. Are you looking forward to the festival? I'm actually really looking forward to a lot of the bands that are coming. The City Plaza shows are going to be amazing with, you know, Panda Bear, Public Enemy, Rosebuds. So it's, there's a lot of really good local bands coming that I'm excited for. And what's next for you after Hopscotch? Um, Mostly school and 
probably planning the next Earth Day concert, hopefully. If you'd like to join Eye on the Triangle in saluting and following Megan's efforts to combine music and environmentalism, as well as stay in the know about the Green Path, shoot an email to recycling at ncsu.edu. This has been Wolfpack of the Week on Eye on the Triangle. triangle your local music news well welcome back to i on the triangle here on 88.1 wknc the segment you just heard that was produced by jacob one of our contributors here on the show and i'm sure you'll hear more out of him and some of our other contributors as we move through the coming year all right now we're in the hear this segment where we're going to be talking about local music and i'm joined by a few guests here in the studio sort of taking a roundtable format We've got Nicole Kligerman, the local music director here at the station, who will be our expert that we're interviewing. You said you're not used to being interviewed, so let's not think of it as an interview. I'm also joined by my good friend and partner in crime from <laughs> from previous shows here at the station, William Lampy, and who will also be having his own show here at the station, TBD, and our general manager, Tommy Anderson. So I'll start it out, and I can say this with complete honesty. If you know nothing about local music in the Triangle, which there is a lot of. What do you need to know? What is, like, the number one thing? Well, the number one thing would definitely be to listen to WKNC. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we focus on local music more than, pretty much, more than any type of music um, with trying to encourage our DJs to play it, uh, sponsoring events, having concerts, holding them, hosting them taking part in the local music scene every way that we can. Uh, so if you are interested in local music, every weekday from 12 to 1 p.m. is the local lunch on WKNC. So it's an hour dedicated to solely local music, and we have the new stuff, and it's one of our most popular segments, actually. So it's definitely the best way. We will have news updates and calendars. Um, we had to do the rock report which talks about local shows and uh, all that sort of stuff. So um, we also, WKNC, Tommy's laughing at me, WKNC is um, loves going to local shows. We do the Double Barrel Benefit every February, which is a two-day benefit show that benefits the radio station. But um, we invite bands to play, and most of them are local, and it always sells out. It's always a good time. Um, there is local beer, local band every Thursday night at Tiernanogue Irish Pub in downtown Raleigh, which is free if you are over 21. Um, Tommy, who's playing this week? This week is Small Ponds and John Lindsay. It was uh, Tomahawks were in the bill, but the Tomahawks had to pull out. So I believe they're going to add one more. I'm not certain, though. But Small Ponds and John Lindsay are, is a damn good show worth seeing for sure. <laughs> Definitely. Every week. Is good actually. So old um, KNC DJs help uh, to put that together every single week. Yeah, the four, the, the great Mikey P Pants, Mikey Peros, will be taking over for uh, booking booking local beer, local band every week. Chris Tamplin was uh, was there for uh, over a year for sure. Um, he's moving on. Uh, I guess addendum local mu local music news. Chris Tamplin's opening up his own venue in Durham, um, Motor Club Music Hall, which will be awesome. Yeah. 
So you were talking about venues, and of course I forgot to mention a little earlier, if you would like to join in the conversation or have a specific question, uh, go ahead and shoot us a tweet. It's at WKNCEOT. I'm looking at TweetDeck, and we will get to it. But first off, you know, you had mentioned venues. Uh, what are some of the big places around here that you would go to to find the best in local music? You know, not this is not an opportunity for shameless promotion, but let's say you just got here on campus. Mm-hmm. We're talking to a freshman. You moved down here from New York. Right. Where are you going to go this weekend? Well, I guess if you're talking to a freshman yeah. who doesn't have a car but has a GoPass, still access to the Roy. cat bus, that, I, I guess we can help our friends out at the transportation uh, office. You can get uh, LNC State students can get a go pass, ride any triangle transit bus or cat bus for free. Connects it, connecting us to all corners of the triangle. But um, start, get on your bike, start in downtown Raleigh. The Poor House is a great venue. They they're very supportive of local bands. Um, KNC's had the double barrel benefit at the Poor House for the last four years, I believe. This, uh, 2011 will be our eighth one, I believe. The last four have been at Poor House. Um, Tiernanogue, obviously every Thursday has shows. Um, Lincoln Theater. Uh, is is kind of a larger venue um, in downtown Raleigh. Local acts play there as well. Um, Berkeley, small, Berkeley, Berkeley Cafe. Cafe. Um, Future Islands, actually the the now national band, formerly known as Art Lord and the Self Portraits, um, out of Greenville, North Carolina, uh, graduates of ECU's art school. They're big favorites at the radio station. Um, we've been friends with them for a while. They actually had their uh, their second album, In Evening Air, came out a couple months ago, and they did their CD release. At the Berkeley Cafe, um, it's a, it's a it's a smaller space. Oh, I guess I shouldn't say smaller space. It's a it's a smaller than the Lincoln Theater, by any measure. Um, Slim's downtown. Slim's Slim's bar downtown. Um, they do a lot of local shows. Basically anything on the Rock Report. I mean, to be honest, I mean, yeah. kind of a kind of a good lead-in for self-promotion. I mean, the Rock Report is going to have every every venue in the area listed. If there's a show that night, it's going to be on there. That's right. And um, I guess a big one coming up will be Kings which is about oh, yeah. to open downtown. Oh, yeah. um, it, oh, cool. it was a big venue that closed a few years ago um, and is being reopened at a different location on mm-hmm. Martin Street, yeah. I believe. Um, Martin Street, where? And um, who's, they're having a local first show. So the local music <laughs> scene is so big in this area that Kings is choosing to have local bands um, kick off their business at their new location, which is pretty amazing. It'd be awesome. Um, a lot of music events are coming up. Of course, if you have a car and you want to go to Chapel Hill or Carborough, Cat's Cradle has a lot of national acts along with local and local 506 uh, in Chapel Hill on Franklin Street and yeah. then in Durham, the Pinhook. Soon uh, to be one. added to that motorco for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely going to attract a lot of acts. Well, I mean, a lot of times, a, a, a big national act will come through. Or, I mean, or or headline a Cat's Cradle. Love Language had their CD release at Cat's Cradle. Um, they had a band I can't say the name of. S <laughs> S Horse opened yeah. up, and then Light Pines were in the, were in the middle. Um, but a lot of times, which is I, local? Yeah, a, a, a lot of times a big national band will come through one of the larger venues, and they'll they'll pair them with a local act. Right, um, and um, yeah, Cat's Cradle is huge. Trekkie Records has their Christmas party there every year, which is. A lot of fun if you're interested in holiday music with a local theme. Uh, and I think in the fall, there are a lot of really great opportunities going on in the Triangle if you like live music. The Hopscotch Music Festival put on by the Indie, the Independent Weekly uh, is going to be September 9th, 10th, and 11th. Mm-hmm. And right around the same time, uh, 
SparkCon. We'll Spark be having Con, Music yeah. Spark, which will certainly feature and more, more then, great local bands. Yeah, and we also have Troika Fest in Durham, which <clears throat> will be having local bands as well. And all of these are really fun. We also have Shakori Hills um, Grassroots Festival in Pittsburgh, North Carolina, and that's over our fall break. So yeah. that's a little Nicole and I went to that trip. The, <laughs> Nicole and I went in the spring. It happens twice a year. They're actually having a a, 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 a big drive to raise funds because they, I mean they're apparently the lease was running up soon. I, I may they be, want to buy the land. Yeah, they want to buy. They're right, yeah. right. I may be misrepresenting something, but Nicole and uh, Kate DJ Riff Raff uh, and I went to uh, with the purpose the, the the express purpose of of uh, creating extra segment for EOT back a couple months ago. But the ulterior motive, which is to have a complete blast, Shakur yeah. Hills is awesome. It's a lot of fun. Every event that's happening in the Triangle is a lot of fun. Um, please get involved if you're interested. Hopscotch is going to be an absolute blast. WKNC is having our own stage in front of Raleigh Times. It's going to be a day stage yeah. on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Saturday yeah, along, along with uh, Raleigh Times, lineup PR. to be announced at a different time. Yeah, but you gotta wait. You gotta wait for that one. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be local. So all the way. Basically, to answer your initial question, if someone's a refreshment, they've never been here before. It just open your eyes and open your ears because you are in your squarely in the middle of one of the best music scenes in the entire country people move here yeah Mm -hmm. and that really gets to the heart of you know what we do at wknc but what is it that makes the triangle such a good place for local music i just think vibrance people diversity of talent it's it's there's there there's everything there's indie rock there's folk there's 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 hip-hop there's electronic there's everything it's just like the area is a newly creative place it's not well yes the local music scene's been been pretty uh <clears throat> the, I, that cough wasn't preceding anything. It wasn't <clears throat> well. It's been this. Well, it's been it's 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 been good for a while, but definitely in the last six seven years, it's it's to to a whole to a whole new level. Kind I mean, of blown up. Yeah, tremendously. It's a it's a fun time to work at KNC. Absolutely, I guess you could the say. best time to work at KNC. Sorry to everyone that worked here in the eighties and nineties, but <laughs> it's the best. So I think like everybody's just attracted to this creativity that's just mm-hmm. coming out of yeah. the area, and especially with be- bands that are nationally known, like uh, the Rosebuds and Megaphon. Love language, yeah. And love language, like, exactly. And everyone, everyone's friends with one another. What, barring, I mean, I guess I say this because I'm not in a band, so I don't know about maybe maybe the beef that the bands have with one another. But I mean, you 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 go to the shows, you're, like you'll see like Love Language CD release show. There's guys from you know a dozen different local bands that are you know supporting them. <clears throat> And they all start working together, and you'll mm-hmm. see collaborations. It's just yeah. really just creative environment um, that the Triangle is right now. A lot of them know each other's songs. So they'll be like, oh, we need a bassist or a guitarist. We need someone to play these songs. Well, they all, a lot of them at least know, know each other's songs. Well, I'm glad you touched on it a little earlier when you were talking about the genres. I was in danger earlier of talking about local music as if it was its own separate thing. There are a lot of different types of acts oh, yeah. that we oh, have yes. around here. Oh, yeah. Certainly. Yeah, um, we have... A lot of folk, um, electronica, rap, hip hop, um, like rock, <laughs> rock, metal, indie rock, yeah, everything it's, that you can think of. There is a band that plays it. I get so many CDs. And there's sent a good band that plays. Yes, it. exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, it's just very diverse, very interesting. No, ma- no, no matter what, no matter what type of music you're into. There is a band in this area that plays it and plays it very well. So I guess like what we're really trying to hint at is if you are here at NC State as a freshman, not originally from 
the triangle area don't stay on campus go explore just Mm -hmm. find the bands find the venues hopscotch is going to be awesome we got like the headliners public enemy who has seen that band (laughs) live and then there's at least half the lineup is local which is just speaks for itself that all these local bands are playing with public enemy and panda bear and tortoise and Atlas Sound and all these different bands that are played on a national and international level. I think, uh, as I said uh, a little earlier in the program, you know, if you're a student here at State, you have no excuse not to eat well this week with all the events going on. And you can use as a, you can use as yeah. a metaphor for music. Too. Exactly, yeah. you have no excuse not to Absolutely. be able to find good music out there. Absolutely. And of course, WKNC uh, is here to willing to help you with that. And uh, if you want to go through. Once again, what WKNC offers in terms of um, definitely being able to get well, that word out. There's definitely f- well, there's local lunch, of course. Local lunch, yeah. The, you can just start with basic music programming. There's yeah. there's local lunches, an hour of guaranteed local music every day, and, you, and you'll and you'll hear local bands outside of that one hour for sure during the day. Um, then there's Adam Kincaid does the local beat every Friday night, which is a three hour music show that he. The, Live interviews, live performances, actually right where we're sitting right now. Yeah. Um, a project that the previous general manager, Mike Alston, started, <clears throat> uh, kind of spearheaded or, or helped spearhead, was the uh, Fridays on the Lawn on-campus concert series, that's, which, of which we did three in the fall, two in the spring, and or was it one in the spring? One, one in the summer. I'm one in the summer, three in the fall, uh Two in the spring, right? Yeah. yeah. So we did six, and we have we have some more planned for the fall. And it's each night featured two local bands. Um, two good, two like good local bands local too. Bands. And, and and it wasn't one genre, like we said. It mm-hmm. was there. Were, every genre was actually re- represented in to date in those six concerts. Um, and it's it's free, and, it, and it's it's right here it's on open. Campus. To, you don't even have to show student ID. Mm-hmm. Anyone can walk up and watch this show. Um, a lot of students at state would would otherwise not not know about these bands. We say, "Hey, look, you don't have any excuse. We're in the middle of campus in this big field. Uh, here's free live music. Enjoy it." Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, KNC uh, has um, sessions at KNC, which is a recording um, that is done here on campus. Local bands can come, and we post the songs on our blog and we play them on air which is really exciting as well because it gives local bands a chance to be heard in a different way acoustically um uh eric schultz is the man with the sessions experience and he is great he knows everything uh also of course we have double barrel benefit which is the big benefit show of the year our big concert that we put on um Every February, it's usually like the first, it's usually Super Bowl weekend. It's a Friday, Saturday night in February, and um, a lot of people come out. It's a really good time. Yeah. yeah. King, Kings made the first three happen. Poor House made the last four happen. We'll uh, see. We're actually current, currently planning the eighth one, and I can I will only say this much is that there should be a really big surprise with this one. Mm-hmm. That's a all I'm great. Great. It's, great. All it's all I'm going to say. I mean, you need to <laughs> stay tuned. And exactly. It sounds to me like if you're out there just driving down 95 and picking us up, passing through North Carolina, uh, we've offered you a lot of reasons to come and stay and live in this area. Yeah, spend money. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> or come to NC State. Donate. Yeah. See some shows. Mm-hmm. Pull over. All right.
<laughs> well, it's the time is 7.37 here on 88.1 WKNC. You're listening to Eye on the Triangle. We were just talking about local music with our local music director here at the station, Nicole Kligerman. Uh, thank you for being with us. From the sidelines on Eye on the Triangle. Your weekly update on athletic events. You're listening to Eye on the Triangle. My name is Tommy Anderson. I'm here with John Boyer and Tyler Everett. Uh, about to talk sports, but uh, before the break, you heard uh, Light Pines with Climbing Towards You, and who are a newer developing local band. They played Double Barrel last year, and then Dex Rom Weber duo with Still Around. Dex Rom Weber, that's actually an appropriate name song. Dex Rom Weber has been around the block many times. He's one of the veterans of the local scene. He was on Flat Duo Jets a long time ago. I guess not, not too long ago, but yeah, that, that's his, his uh, current project with his sister. I believe they're actually in Europe right now, but so local music all the way over in Europe. Hope they heard it. Well, we are glad to have Tyler Everett joining us here for sports. Uh, you are also the sports editor over at Technician. That's exactly That's right. right. Yeah. So you will have a lot of insight to offer us. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I'll do my best. What's coming up in the fall essentially is what we're taking a look at, sort of like as we did with local music. Let's gear this towards uh, the person who is just coming into NC State and doesn't yet know everything about all that we have to offer when it comes to athletics. It's not just men's football, although I'm sure we'll touch on it. Yeah. Uh, what is out there? Uh, last count, I believe we've got 23 varsity sports. Um, during the fall, sports to look for, we've got, in addition to football, we've got men's soccer, women's soccer, men's cross country, women's cross country, and volleyball are the varsity sports of the fall State also offers a ton of club sports, everything from flag football. Uh, flag football is one of the more popular sports. It's got three divisions, I believe, men's open, co-rec. Uh, I believe there's a Greek league. There's an advanced league where you pay extra to get better refs and everything like that. There's also ultimate frisbee. Uh, I couldn't even begin to name them all. The, any any sports you can imagine, some you can't think of. Like you said, soccer's an obvious one. I'm uh, obvious I'll, one I missed, and I'll be uh, refing soccer. So there you go. Sign up. You may have may have me as one of your refs yelling yeah. at you. Good luck with that, guys. We'll <laughs> right. see how that works. <laughs> Keep me posted. <laughs> so, not to sound like a broken record, but once again, if you're a student here at state, you have no excuse not to be able to find some good athletics going on or be able to participate yourself. You know, exactly. You can get the best of both worlds, being both a spectator and a uh, athlete of sorts. Mm-hmm. So, of course, what's every, what's on everybody's mind is football. Well, not everybody. I'm sure there are one or two of you out there. There's some pessimists out there that have already turned their attention to basketball, but let's not, <laughs> let's not think about it that way. <laughs> I, I've been guilty of that in the past. Uh, what are some signs of hope? What do you see looking at this fall that really gets you excited? I see what should be one of the best passing games in the ACC, if not the country. State is absolutely loaded uh, in, the, in the passing game. The quarterback, everybody knows about Russell Wilson been one of the best in the ACC, you could argue one of the best in the nation these past two years, threw 31 touchdowns last year, 17 his freshman year, after two years, a touchdown to interception ratio of 4-1, to one, 48 touchdowns and 12 picks is unheard of, especially for an offense throwing the ball that well, that ratio really is through the roof, and it's not just him, it's who he's throwing to, he's got one of the best deep threats in the country, Owen Spencer led the nation in yards per catch last year at over 25 yards, 15 yards a catch is good, 25 is unheard of, Jarvis Williams tied for the ACC lead in touchdown receptions last year, so there's a, a great red zone threat and another big body to throw to, and George Bryan was the first team All-ACC tight end a year ago, was a first team All-ACC pick this year. State's only first-team All-AC selection in at least preseason this upcoming season. Russell Wilson did not get it. Nate Irving did not get it. So a couple 
couple guys, state fans would consider snubs being left off that list. But uh, even even though only one guy in the uh, one guy figuring the pa- factor into the passing game made preseason All ACC, uh, you could very well see two or three of a combination of Russell and his targets on that list by the end of the year. What is the What does the line look like? The line is a question mark. There are question marks all over both the offense and defense. Offensive line being one of them. When I say question mark, I don't mean a weakness. It's just a lot of uncertainty there. The offensive line was one of the most experienced parts of the team last year, and it, it wasn't a great offensive line. I don't think nobody made all-conference. They weren't dominant. They were solid. So there's room for improvement there. New bodies maybe may give a lift. It might fall off. Uh, very, very uncertain. Um, another reason I use the phrase question mark is we don't know who's going to start. So it, it's hard to talk about how well who's going to play when we're not even sure who's won those position battles. Same story on the defensive line, a lot of uncertainty, just the simple fact a lot of guys just haven't played that much. They might be much better than the guys last year. They might be, you know, they might struggle a lot more than those guys last year. It's just up in the air, and uh, that's the cool thing about preseason is is State's undefeated. For all we know, these guys are going to come out there, and every one of them is going to make a huge splash, take the league by storm. So uh, that's the bright side of it is, you know, it's not like we've seen them and, and they can't do this, or they can't do that. For all we know, they can do it all. So it's uh, it's up in the air. So if everything comes together, uh, when we see the first home game, September 4th, Western Carolina, fans might see uh, a real improvement. Yeah, um, there was certainly plenty of room for improvement last year. The offense really... Um, they they don't need to do much more than they did last year. They scored over 30 points a game. They got the job done. They moved the ball. They got into the end zone on a regular basis. They actually lost a couple games where they scored four or five touchdowns. That can't happen this year. The defense has got to step up. The problem last year was the secondary. Those guys were extremely young, and they looked like it. They gave up uh, a, a ton of passing yard, a ton of passing yardage week in and week out. They really struggled, but those guys were extremely young. The the refrain you heard from O'Brien a lot and the other coaches was those guys were very young and they weren't getting beat because they were too slow or too small or or just couldn't get up and, and elevate and deflect passes. It was that they didn't know where to be. They had problems getting aligned. Other teams were essentially outsmarting them. Uh, college passing games are extremely intricate. It's hard for true freshmen to get a grasp of that right away. And along with the youth, it, it could have been a long year anyway. And then... Injuries. There were a ton of injuries last year to a group that was already going to struggle. So not only were these guys freshmen, they were freshmen who weren't expected to contribute. A couple of red shirts were pulled halfway through the year last year just in dire situations, desperate. O'Brien called it the toughest year he's ever been through. It started before the year. Nate Irving was in a car wreck. At the end of the year, you know, his offensive coordinator, Diana Bible, was was diagnosed with a, a form of leukemia. It was just it was a brutal year. Both inexperience, injuries, that combination, it was just a long year for Wolfpack fans. So the fact that they pulled out a win over Carolina in that last game was was really a testament to the character and the the way they fought through and at least salvaged a little bit of respect there at the end of the year beating a ranked Carolina team. So let's say other than basketball and other than football, um, what's the sport? What sport are you looking forward to most in the coming year? Not necessarily just in the fall and the spring as well. Um, baseball had a couple of young guys step up big. Their run to the uh, ACC championship finals, they lost. But in the ACC tournament, baseball, 
a lot of people think basketball, ACC basketball is good. ACC soccer and ACC baseball are both even better than ACC basketball. The ACC is stacked with teams that that are nationally prominent. So for State to make it to the finals of that was a big thing. A lot of those guys are coming back. Harold Riggins had a big year. Andrew Simpson had a big year. Some of those guys will highlight what, what should be plenty of reason for optimism for the baseball team. They're all doing a lot of stuff in, in, in their respective leagues, too. Uh, yeah, they all had big summers. Uh, a combination of Terrence Sinne, uh Andrew Simpson, and Danny Canella played for, I believe, the Forest City Owls and won their, won their uh, summer league. The minor league team they played for won the conference. Uh, those guys from state had a lot to do with that. And uh, another sport I'm looking forward to that a lot of people don't hear much about is wrestling. I don't know how deep the wrestling team will be in general, but they've probably got one of the best athletes states states had as far as I'm concerned. Darian Caldwell won the national championship two years ago. Be the guy who won two or three national championships. And the guy he beat, Brent Metcalf of Iowa, Went through college. I believe he only lost two or three matches in four years. Two of them were to Darian Caldwell. I mean, Darian Caldwell is absolutely unbelievable. Missed last year with an injury. Didn't wrestle at all. He will be back this year. A great chance for him to win a national championship and leave state as the best wrestler and uh, the history of Wolfpack wrestling. Um, a freshman, a couple of freshmen last year, either redshirt freshmen or true freshmen, were. Uh, we're expected to, to maybe win the ACC championship. They had somewhat disappointing efforts at those ACC championships. None of these guys won, but Elohim Palma, a freshman heavyweight, set the record for wins by a freshman heavyweight. Dale Scholl was expected to compete for the conference championship going into the last year's ACC tournament. And Bobby Ward had a, had a big year, was the one seed going into the ACC tournament, struggled at ACCs and didn't win. But, you know, definitely three or four guys capable of winning the ACC, if not more. I'm glad that you mentioned uh, all the signs of optimism in other sports. I know that the Wolfpack is a team that's encountered a lot of disappointment uh, in both men's football and basketball in years in the past. And uh, some of the fans, you know, we have a case of fair weather fan-itis, but it's not really fair to a lot of the other athletes here at the university, uh, I think. Yeah. You know, paint in one light what's going on. A lot of that pessimism is justified. I just highlighted some some bright spots, but even on those teams I highlighted, they were you know fourth in the ACC or worse. State just Wolfpack sporting teams have just not won ACC championships in recent memory, and it's extended beyond the the revenue sports. The non revenue sports have struggled as well. That's the reason so many people are pumped to have Debbie Yao in here. Lee Fowler had long since worn out his welcome. Debbie Debbie Yao has come in and promised that, that she's going to be holding coaches accountable and that if things don't take a, a, a drastic upswing and quick, that there will be uh, repercussions. And, she, you know, she's not saying I'm firing this coach or that coach if this right. doesn't happen. But with uh, with the lack of ACC championships, and, and I highlighted this talking about how good soccer and baseball, and that's men's soccer and women's soccer, are in the ACC. You know, our neighbors – Duke and Carolina and other ACC schools like Virginia and Maryland are winning national championships in addition to ACC championships in these sports like soccer and baseball and the pack, you know, floating outside of the top 25 or around the top four, top five in the conference just isn't getting it done when when you look at what other ACC schools are accomplishing. Mm -hmm. Now, speaking of other ACC schools, not to spend too much time on football, but are there any matches that really excite you looking ahead at the fall? O'Brien's 3-0 against Carolina. I can't wait to see uh, him do the best to take us to 4-0 against Carolina. State was heavy underdogs the past two years. They will be again. They've beaten Carolina anyway. I think Carolina's extremely overrated. I don't I don't <laughs> well, think there's a team. On. 
I don't think there's a team in the country. They can hear us in Chapel Hill. I don't think there's a team in the country with more future NFL prospects on the defensive side of the ball. I think they're absolutely loaded over there, but they were absolutely loaded over there last year, and they lost five games. Those guys are not going to get a whole lot better. They're great. They're going to dominate. But the question is going to be their offense is going to have to score points. And no matter how good that defense is, if their offense can't keep that defense off the field, the defense is going to be vulnerable. I don't care how many of those guys end up in a – are playing in Pro Bowls in three or four years. Last year, State scored 30-some points on them. Russell threw for 280 yards because – and I, our offense is great. I think they had a lot to do with it. Also, when defenses are on the field all game, they're going to give up points. They're going to be vulnerable. And if that offense can't carry its weight, I don't see Carolina doing any better than they did last year. It's – you know, the de- them having a great defense is nothing new. They've had it in the past and struggled. So I don't I don't understand – the their national preseason ranking. I didn't get it a year ago. They were number twelve. They ended up losing the Continental Tire Bowl. You know, there's usually a big fall. For are, they ranked, they are. are they ranked? Are they ranked this year? Uh, yeah, I believe they are in the top twenty-five again this year, largely mm. because of that defense. But I mean, I, I saw polls last year that had them number twelve in the preseason. Wow. And, and three or four months later, there. What's the date of that game? You know? The date of the State Carolina game? It's set yet? It's late. It is set. I should know yeah, this. It's set the time. Uh, November twentieth. It's November twentieth. Yep, November twentieth at Carolina. So, awesome. another We've one of our last games of the year, though. just like it was last, just like it was a year ago. Yeah. Now it's uh, getting up to seven fifty-seven, pretty close to the top of the hour. But uh, just returning to that theme from earlier, you know, we're talking to the freshman who is really new to the state experience. Let's say they're lucky enough to get that ticket to the first home game or any of the home games. What's going to strike you? What's going to strike them? Something absolutely amazing, regardless of what's going on in the field, is the tailgating experience at NC State. I haven't been to every school in the country by any means, but I've been to a couple other places. There's nothing like tailgating outside of Carter-Finley. The lot they've got set up is massive. Um, you go out there, you see everyone you know, you see people from class, you see people you didn't in your freshman year, you might see people you didn't even realize were at State. Everyone's having a good time. Um, it, it's a party, it's a cookout, it's it's um, getting ready for the game. It's a ton of fun rolled into one. I'm a sports fan, so obviously... I'm in love with it, but I know a lot of people that some of their favorite from some of their favorite experiences from college are tailgating, and some of these guys that that love that that much and aren't even you know diehard fans. It's it's, it's a great experience whether whether you're gung ho about football or not. Uh, anything else you, you know you think they need to know regarding the traditions? I mean, I'm still guilty. I don't know all the words to uh, <laughs> some of the fight songs. And I don't either. I, I'm so yeah. busy freaking out about the wins and losses. I, uh, I, I'm i not as up to date on some of the pageantry as I probably should be, but uh, you know what? Go out there, have a good time. Definitely check it out. If it's not for you, I understand that, but you, you'd be a, you'd be foolish. Yeah, you not, can't go to state four foolish. years yeah. and not come to a tailgate. Exactly. You'd be foolish not to at least check it out. Well, hopefully, as we go through the upcoming fall, we'll be able to talk about a lot more wins. Yeah, we'll be uh, reveling in the excitement yeah. of, of uh, shocking the nation and, and rising into the national polls and and just uh, proving everybody wrong. A lot of people. And you'll be a lot there of people to, down in the pack. You'll be there to talk about it with us. You heard it here first. Yeah, sure exactly. will be. Uh, Tyler Everett, thank you for joining us once again, talking about sports tonight. And I think that's going to draw to a close here on the August 17th edition of Eye on the Triangle. We're really happy you were able to listen with us tonight. And if you do have any feedback to offer us, go ahead and give us an email, publicaffairs at wknc.org. We have a presence on Facebook. You can like us. Uh, It is Eye on the Triangle. And on Twitter, WKNCEOT. We look forward to hearing from you. And we hope you join us again this time next week, Tuesday at 7 o'clock, for more Eye on the Triangle.